0: It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
1: We're kicking off another week of Golden Knights Hockey here in Studio 31 with another episode of Nighttime at Noon. Thanks for joining us on Fox Sports Las Vegas and all of your VGK digital channels. I'm Ashley Vice with Derek England. Derek, we don't get to do these things together very often, so thanks for being here.
0: Thanks for having me. It's uh, good to be here with you. New face.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Are you in the holiday spirit yet? We oh, yeah. The page, yeah we, I had the
0: Christmas tree up before Thanksgiving because I had to leave town for two weeks. Okay, so fair. I, I put it up and it was decorated when I got home. So nice. I, I give my wife all the props for that.
1: That's usually a debate on whether or not it can go up before Thanksgiving, but that's yeah. a very valid excuse. Yeah, you were yeah, going to be out of town, so uh, yeah. did the heavy lifting in advance. Uh, well, uh, the Golden Knights are in a good mood to kick off this month. Two really strong games, uh, 4 1 victories in each of them the first in Vancouver and then uh, in, against Washington here just a couple nights ago. Um, are you more impressed by the fact that they've scored four goals in each after what was an offensive rut, or are you more impressed that they've held the opposition to only one goal in each?
0: Uh, man, kind of both. Uh, yeah. You knew it was only a matter of time until their offense uh, you know, got back to where it was with uh, the skill level they had. But uh, watching that, I broadcast the, the Vancouver game, and I was very impressed. Uh, that's a high offense on that side. They they had not many Big scoring opportunities. They kept them to the outside a lot. Uh, you know, they kept the shots down. Uh, when the goalies had to come up with a big save, they did. But defensively, they they were sound. Like if they can play that way, they're going to win a lot of games this year. Um, playing that way, not giving up a lot to, against the highest scoring team in the league. And then you have Washington come to town, and who's you know, they got a lot of star power over there as well. And to hold them to one goal is uh, is huge for them. And and getting in the right direction uh, coming into the break coming up.
1: Take me into the mindset of a player for a second. They go through that slump. They were still finding ways to get points out of that slump, but were shut out a few games. Uh, you know, the top guys just weren't scoring. It's a, we're It's always there asking them, you know, maybe why or how to get out of it. Is there anything to it other than just waiting it out?
0: Man, I might be the wrong person <laughs> for for a goal-scoring slump because I didn't score a whole lot. So if I actually in the scored, room in general, was... though. But, uh, yeah, you try to... You know, those guys, Jack Eichel, I played with Sid, yeah. and those guys, uh, you know, they miss a shot that they should get in, in practice before or after. You know, the guys like that, they go and practice that stuff. You know, I should have that goal. I'm going to do that shot 100 times, whatever it is. You know, so little things. And I think um, you go back to the Edmonton game, and it's hot and It's Coles are scoring. Yeah. Which I think maybe lightens the load a little bit on the the top guys, so they can you know instead of grabbing your stick too tight and and trying too much. They okay, we got the depth, the scoring's helping. I just need to get back to my game, and I think that's that that helps those top guys. Just take the the pressure off them and just play their game. And like I said earlier, the the skill level we have, it was only a matter of time till they got got going again. And and the last two games, you know, Jack six points in two games. Yeah, uh,
1: back to back three point nights.
0: Exactly. So it's. Um, you know, it was only a matter of time for him. Marchie scored. Uh, you know, so guys are chipping in, and I think when you see the bottom guys scoring, it just takes that pressure off a little bit.
1: You mentioned uh, Marcheseau. So. I wanted to ask you, so he broke through after a six-game goal drought, which six games is not that long, but when you're talking to him, you would think it was eternity the yep. way he was talking about himself and how he had to step up eventually, only six games. Uh, but on the off day before that game, he made an adjustment to his stick. He had a length to his stick, was practicing with it. I think he planned on going into the game with that longer stick, but said it just didn't feel right during warm-up. So he cut it right back to the length he had before, his normal length, scored a goal, it all worked out. But it made me want to ask you, how particular were you with your equipment?
0: uh, Pretty. i I never changed anything. You, you yeah. know, I've used Warrior for most of my career. Whatever they sent me, I just cut down to my height and, and used it. Uh, I was never, you know, as long as it got the puck off the glass <laughs> and out of my zone or iced it on a penalty kill, you know, it worked. But I, I know goal scorers and, and guys that produce a lot of points are, are more particular with the curve and the lie and yeah. everything. But, uh, you know, I played with Malkin, and he was – whole nother level he would walk past the visiting team sticks and and he'll he would just see one and he'd go to our trainer and be like can i get that stick and try it out and he would cut it down that night and use it in the game and you know you need to be on a different level to be able to do that because if i change my curve and everything i would be take me weeks to get into that but he would use it and you know those guys are just so skilled and stuff they're so dialed in on everything that they use um you know I'm sure Marchie probably could have used a little bit longer stick if he wanted to, but, um, you know, it it worked out. Maybe it just changes his mindset a little bit in practice, and he gets in the game not thinking about it, and it it worked out.
1: How insane is that, that you go with, you know, arguably the most important tool, uh, uh, other than skates maybe, of all your equipment, and Malkin is just picking a a stick and trying Uh, it out in a game scenario?
0: Yeah, he would cut it down. He would even switch to sticks during the game. Like, just, like, give me your stick, let me use it, like, just to change his, because he missed a pass or whatever like just the craziest things and to have that skill level to use a completely different flex different curve different lie everything is, yeah. is just crazy
1: and Sidney crosby the exact opposite of yeah, that
0: he was pretty dialed in he uh he 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 was pretty particular on everything he did the way he did it, it's superstitious and uh you know great guy to play with and uh fun to, to to learn from. I, you know, I was an old veteran, yeah. or old rookie, I guess, at 28, but uh, learned a lot from those guys there.
1: Was there a specific piece of equipment you were always the most particular about?
0: Uh, my shin pads, probably. Um, or my shin pads are shoulder pads. I kept those. Uh, I, I know my shin pads. I got new ones in 2006 in Hershey, and they were wider. And then by the time I needed new ones, they started making them thinner, so I didn't want to change them out because uh, I tried to block a lot of shots yeah. so that extra I don't know half inch or whatever it is that's a big difference blocking shots so my uh, the equipment guys on every team I played for would just doctor them up sew some plastic on when I needed it or change it out so it was uh probably those and, and then the shoulder pads uh, I, I like smaller shoulder pads not not much to them so
1: oh six so how long are we talking those shin pads lasted you
0: until 2020 so 14 years they they were pretty gross when I took the padding off because they I had a knee brace as yeah. well so it fit around my knee brace perfectly and after I retired I, think I should check this and they were just black it was gross just black so <laughs> I should probably put it through the wash yeah put it through a power washer, washer. now just just buy new ones because I, yeah. I don't really go out much and skate so
1: i was gonna say any yeah obviously a lot of like high school hockey players are still growing but there's moms out there like see you don't need new shin pads yeah yeah i used to say what's for I'm, 14 years i'm
0: probably messing it up for a lot of young kids right now
1: no 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 um we talked about jack eichel talked about jonathan marsh so. bruce Cassidy made a comment after the washington game that when the people who are supposed to be driving the bus drive the bus it just pulls everyone along with them how accurate is that how much do you notice that as the season goes on
0: yeah for sure the the top guys are are your top guys for a reason um you know they're you know above you know you look at Jack Eichel he's I don't know, care what I did I could never be at the, his level and you want those guys for the majority of the year you know they're gonna have their off nights or off weeks and and that's where you hope your depth and and the other guys can pick you up and that's why it's a good great team sport when you're having an off night you rely on your teammates to to pick it up uh you just hope to limit those number of bad nights but when those guys are going it just just rolls you, you, you know you get up you get up goals which you know you you see in the vancouver game our fourth line played three or four minutes more than the top line did mm-hmm. stone eichel and and uh, Barbashev. Uh, i think they were like 11 minutes Barbashev was and yeah um wall was like 16 17 so it's you know those guys are going. They're getting their 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 points that you you hope they get, and then they get a little bit of rest, which I'm I'm sure they want to be out there playing. But then it trickles down to your fourth line, the guys that are grinding it out and creating room for the other guys. Um, they get rewarded by playing more minutes and and a bigger role. Which you know this team is a four line team, six D team, which you need deep runs, and you've seen it in playoffs. And um, it's just nice that the the bottom guys get rewarded for the top guys producing and doing what. Uh, so everyone benefits from all that
1: how do you like that combination of Ivan Barbashev Jack Eichel and Mark Stone what do you think has made that effective
0: oh uh, yeah uh, Eichel and, and Stone are such their hockey IQ is so high Stone you see in, uh, you, you know in Vancouver he I don't know if he got any assists on the first two goals but he created you know coming across yeah. the blue line cutting to the middle waiting waiting for Hag to to get the puck there and over to Barbashev back to Eichel um, so he's creating a lot. Maybe he doesn't get the points for it, but he's he's creating it and, and helping, and they're just, it's fun to watch, and it's only a few games that they've been together, so as the year goes on, if they're sticking together, it's going to be fun as they, you know, figure out exact where they're going to be and stuff. It's going to be a, a deadly line.
1: It looks like based on morning skates uh, that happened just about 30 minutes ago, uh, the forward lines stay the same, the D pairings stay the same, no news in terms of anyone new out on the ice Aiden Hill was still not out on the ice um so we're hoping we'll have some updates from Bruce Cassidy here toward the end of the show um but as we talk about the decor how can you quantify how impressive it's been what they've done considering they've only had all of their top six together for like one game
0: yeah it's Well, it goes to the organization and and the the depth and the the scouts and and the guys they've brought in, the the AHL team developing those young guys. You know, you you have uh, Pahal and and Korzak coming in, and Korzak's playing three-on-three power play. You know, Pahal is killing penalties. Like, they step right in, and they know what they're going to do. And, um, you know, no one... I don't know if anyone in the organization is going to fill Theo's shoes, but yeah. collectively as a group, they can all chip in, you know, Angelo. I know when he's out, Theodore really ups his game. And I, I've liked Petro's game since Theo's, you know, they're going to lean on him a lot more. He's going to get more minutes and stuff. So hopefully as they keep producing and getting leads, they can lighten his load, give it down to the, the, uh, I hate to say, Hag and Cloud are yeah. the third pairing because they're like a second pairing. They're, um, or th- or first they'll play against everyone, so trickle down they get more minutes. And uh, but he he's really stepped stepped up and filling those shoes that Theo's that you're missing with
1: Theo. You mentioned Zach Whitecloud and Nick Hague. Bruce Cassidy has challenged them in this time because, like you said, it's people have called them the best third pairing in the league. Yeah. Um, where have you noticed like the most growth from them? You've been watching them since their rookie year.
0: Yeah, I had the pleasure of skating with them. Yeah. I, I played Whitey. Uh, his first game um in edmonton man what year was it 2019 so you played with him that game uh, uh i don't know if i played with him he was he was there okay. anyway, anyways um so the growth from there he's such a good student like he i remember him coming in and he had a list of questions and i'm like dude just <laughs> throw that away and go, <laughs> a play, list the, of questions. go play the game and yeah. he's like he got mad and and uh, Ryan McGill told me, hey, "You don't talk to the, the older guys like that." But I'm like, "Just, just play your game. That's why you're here, uh, you know." And he he has. He's grown. He's matured. Uh, he's a when he's not out there, he's a big loss. And same with Hager. You know, they eat up a lot of minutes, block a lot of shots. Uh, you know, Hager's toughness out there. You know, he's fought some tough guys, and, yeah. and I think um, if he continues to do that once in a blue moon, he the, the room he's going to get and create for himself and, and the guys on the ice will be tremendous. So uh, their growth just... Uh, we haven't seen the top. I, I see Whitey as a as a young Martinez. Um, you know, uh, he's got some offensive I- uh, uh, upside too. Like he, he jumps in the plays at the right time, but he's very responsible too. So um, I, I love seeing him get the minutes. Uh, you know, they are probably one of the best third yeah. pairing in in the league and i think i think the first time i heard that was in ottawa last year two years ago yeah that uh dj smith said that yeah. that's probably the best third pairing and and they're probably right so they they when they're not out there they're, they're missed dearly
1: do you ever walk into a meeting with a list of questions oh
0: no no <laughs> i was uh, no i just walked in and tried to not be noticed you know, <laughs> you know just uh, Hopefully that you know first year. Hopefully they don't uh, send me down right away yeah. or something like that. So you just kind of just fly, try to fly under the radar.
1: All right. Well, when in doubt, uh, that's, that's the best thing to do: go unnoticed, right? Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll hear from Bruce Cassidy, but later in the show, we'll talk about this matchup with the St. Louis Blues. Uh, but first, just if you want to catch the Golden Knights game and grab a bite, come and stop by McKinsey River Pizza Grill and Pub and eat like a Golden Knight. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Fans can dine in and catch their favorite games right by the rink. Call 702-916-2999 or visit com to learn more. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Nighttime at Noon from Studio 31. Ashley Weiss and Derek England. We're hoping to hear from head coach Bruce Cassidy soon. Sounds like he may have provided an update on Aiden Hill and Alec Martinez and their status for the upcoming trip. Uh, Derek, the upcoming trip is the father's trip. I'm curious what you remember about that experience, what those trips do for the the team and the locker room morale.
0: Yeah, just, um, you know, your your dad carts you around when you're a kid to all these cold rinks and, um, you know, does everything for you. So to give back um, to them, let them come on the father's trip. And, um, you know, after the first one, Whenever they come to town, when's the father's trip when's you know yeah. they're, they're marketing on their calendar because they have such a great time, and this is a great trip for it because they have the two day break in between yeah. games, so I've had one of those uh with Calgary, and we gotta go golfing and you know get to see some of the stuff and spend more time with the dads on the trip so it's it's a lot of fun and um you know usually you show up uh, I remember the first year here um the father's trip really turned our season. Yeah. We went to uh, I think it was Nashville and Dallas and won both games and I think it was Subban and uh, Legacy where the goaltenders there and uh, you know those were two big wins in two tough buildings so um, it's a lot of fun for the dads especially. Yeah. They, uh, <laughs> i was gonna say is they, it more
1: fun <laughs> for the players or th- for the dads? <laughs>
0: yeah, they uh, they definitely have some late nights out yeah. there and, and and have some fun uh, but they all get to know each other and um, when they come to town anytime during the year or playoffs and stuff um, you know they get back together and you know, try to start planning the next one. So yeah. uh, it's a lot of fun for them, and it's good to just uh, have your dads on the, on that trip and hang out with them uh, kind of, you know, on that one-on-one. They're in the locker room and stuff like that. So it's just a lot of fun for them.
1: Bruce Cassidy pointed to the dad's trip last year as a turning point for the team too because it was the trip immediately out of the All-Star break. It was Nashville and Minnesota. I don't remember which order. I think it was Nashville huh. first, then Minnesota. Um, and they had been kind of slumping going into the All-Star break and came out, and he felt like that really propelled them uh, through the back half of the season what's it like as a player to meet guys dads is there anyone that stands out to you where you're like that makes now he makes a lot more sense now that I've met dad
0: (laughs) yeah you you kind of have the uh I think every year every team that I've played on the one dad that's been through him the most you know kind of takes I know in Calgary Joel Colburn's dad you know he would have a schedule Okay, the kids are, you know, almost like we're kids again. Uh, we're going out for a team dinner, and then the kids are going back to go to bed for the game tomorrow, and the dads are meeting here, and we're going to the, this place for a couple drinks or whatever it is. And So, yeah, a lot of the dads, and one that sticks out, you know, probably probably James Neal's dad. Uh, he's a lot of fun, so is Nealer. Yeah. Uh, I love the guy, and his dad's uh, not far off, so it's, uh, it's fun to see uh, how, how much... How similar uh, a lot of the kids are to their dads.
1: What surprises dads the most? If it's their first dad's trip, about what it's like at the NHL level. Is there anything that comes to mind?
0: Man, I, I think just—I don't know the the, the uh, man. That's that's the tough. never
1: hungry league. I feel yeah, like pops out I, to I me. There's food everywhere the, all the time, and the, I feel like they really enjoy that.
0: They do the food. The flights, the hotels, and stuff. But then I, I do remember my dad after his first one. He's like, "It's a it's a grind. You you yeah you get in, you play, you you practice, play the next day. You get right onto a plane, go to the next city. You know, get up, practice, play, go to the next. Like it's it is a grind. Yes, you you do have great accommodations and and the and the chartered plane and stuff. But it's late nights. Get up, and you have to perform that next day. So mm-hmm. I think that's eye opening that you know when you're just telling people that oh yeah we're flying in this and we're staying at this hotel it's like oh that's is awesome but then they really see that you know okay we're getting in at three in the morning we have to be up and ready the next day to play a game at our best so uh, i think that's eye-opening for them too
1: kind of brings me to something else i was thinking you're talking about the schedule so it was a stretch of eight of nine on the road bruce cassidy pointed out that it was nine games in nine different cities because they came to vegas for one in between now they're home for two but they're leaving again for two on this dad's trip and like you said a couple days between games which is great for it being a dad's trip but it equates to 22 out of 30 days on the road what are those stretches like for the team
0: it's definitely a grind um you know the travel you kind of get used to it just leave your clothes in your bag and leave again. I was going
1: to ask about your packing habits because we went around the room and talked about that. Yeah, it's
0: um, just throw stuff in. Hopefully you can hit the dry cleaner if you have time or or you have enough suits or you you rely on going back in time and bringing out the old suits uh, if if you need them washed. But um, it's uh, just getting that habit. Okay, I'm packing up. Hopefully when you're in town, you try to spend every second you can with the family and then it's back on the road. But. Then you know you've, you've gone through this stretch. You're going to have a stretch at home. So that's where it kind of makes up for it. Uh, yeah. Eventually you'll be at home for hopefully 22. of. I don't know the schedule yeah, exactly. January and
1: February, it's much more much, home Much friendly. more at home, yeah. so that's
0: nice. And, and the nice part of that, January, February, is kind of during the hockey season. Those are grind days. That January, February, um, it's kind of the, man, it's... Dog days. Dog days, battling to get... Uh, every point you can but
1: searching for the motivation too. then you hit times. march
0: it's yeah. like okay now it's the sprint to playoffs and and um it's easy to get up for those it's just that january february is tough and it's it's nice that you're at home and you get some normalcy in your your routine and stuff like that
1: what's the worst thing you have ever forgotten for a road trip oh man anything come to mind
0: no i don't think i ever really for
1: that's good that means I f- it wasn't I, anything I forgot, too dramatic.
0: I forgot shoes, and I, uh, I d- did have to go buy some shoes, okay. uh, just casual shoes to wear around because I had dress shoes, or and you can't wear dress shoes all day long, Yeah. so I had to go buy shoes, but that was probably, probably the only thing, and then I had to buy some Toms that were a size too small because that's all they had, oh. so the dress shoes might have been better to wear all day, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah I, I wore the shoes for that trip, and they're still sitting on my in my closet, so I should probably give them away. Something I was going to
1: say, maybe you got multiple uses yeah. out of them, but yeah. if they're too small, yeah, maybe not. A small. Maybe not. Yeah, that's not too bad. I've figured passports
0: no, get left. No, that's a
1: big. That's a big one. I feel like phone chargers nowadays. Oh yeah,
0: phone charger. That's just that's not. That's nothing. like get, a, yeah. that's not even a big o- deal Also, though. the hotel that's <laughs> just downstairs. downstairs
1: all right well it's st louis obviously that's on the road for tonight um a very different st louis team you're talking the faces of their franchise have completely changed their captain alex petrangelo of course came to vegas their next captain was ryan o'reilly he is now in nashville vladimir Tarasenko is no longer there two faces of their franchise are really jordan cairo and robert thomas who are younger players who each just signed um eight-year deals last offseason um how different is this St. Louis team from the one that you were facing not too long ago?
0: Yeah, those losing Petrangelo and O'Reilly are franchise players. Yeah, so, you know, so that's tough losses. Um, they seem to the coaching there has the young guys, the next future of the teams coming up, and you know they have they've Shen there still, mm-hmm. and he's now the uh, captain. Braden
1: Shen, the captain now. Yeah,
0: um, so he's he's a tough guy to play against. I, I played against him a lot in Philadelphia. Um, and and when he was in St. Louis, so him and man, I'm forgetting who, who's uh, oh Forsberg. No, he's in Nashville. I'm trying to think, but uh, yeah, they they've done a good job with their young guys coming yeah. up. But it's going to be a they've been a little bit of streaky throughout the year this year. Very inconsistent. Um, I haven't heard a lot about them. Yeah. But their record is still decent. They're still in the playoff picture and and everything. So you can't take this team team lightly. They got Biddington in the net and he's. You go back to when they won the won the cup. he yeah. was
1: the, Cinderella the team. story. Of it was insane. you yeah.
0: couldn't get anything by him. So he's he's definitely playing back at the top of his game, and uh, he got to make it hard on him. Just like uh, in Vancouver, um, you, you know, if you don't make it hard, he's going to have an easy night, and he's going to make it look look easy.
1: Yeah, it was around this time last year that we were comparing Logan Thompson's rookie year a little bit to that of Jordan Bennington when Logan Thompson was making his All Star bid. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the inconsistency; they have been like they lost four to one in Arizona a couple of nights ago, but they beat Colorado. I think it was eight to two, not long ago. How difficult is it to prepare or to scout a team that has been that inconsistent yeah. or does it not make a difference? Do you worry I don't about yourself? Think
0: it, it, it's almost, you know, you look at the nights and they play the top teams and they bring their best game yeah. and you bring, you play a, yeah, I don't want to say Phoenix. Phoenix is playing really well this year. Um, a lot better than I thought they were going to play. Um, but maybe you just come out of the gates a little slow, and then you're you're playing catch up the rest of the game, where they can you know pack it in. So it's you got to try to get up for the teams that aren't in that playoff picture as much as you do for the top teams. And um, maybe that's I haven't watched a lot of St. Louis's game, but maybe that's you know you play Colorado. It's easy to get up for that game. You know mm-hmm. you got to bring your best. And and Phoenix, um, you know they're playing well for a, a they young are. team. Yes. So. It's a tough, tough, tough building, too, to go into yeah. and get up for a game in that building. Uh, yeah. It's a little little smaller than they're used to, I the think. The mullet. But, it's definitely,
1: so. it's got character, no doubt about that. Definitely. Well, we're he- he'll, we will hear, can't talk today, we're doing well for a Monday. Uh, we will hear from Bruce Cassidy when we come back. Uh, but first, the home of the Henderson Silver Knights, the Vegas Nighthawks, and the NBA G League Ignite, the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson, is the place to be. Don't miss out on any of the action Grab your tickets now to get more information about upcoming events, seating charts, arena policies, and much more. Visit the thedollarloancenter.com. Bruce Cassidy, when we come back.
0: Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
1: Well, thanks again for joining us for Nighttime at Noon. Ashley and Derek Anglin. We will have more for you, but for now, we've done enough talking, and we will take it away and take a listen to what Bruce Cassidy had to say ahead of this one.
2: Well, I think we're a little bit through the first third, where there's um, for us it was okay. How are they going to respond to being the chan- last team standing, right? Like where, where they they you know hang over, whatever word people are using. So I think we responded very well with our start. Most times, the first third of the year, you're you're for us it's drilling home our identity. You know, so for some teams it's creating it because they have a new coach, right? We went through that last year so we've gotten back to our identity, I think recently. Um, we never got that far from it, which is good. We just were having trouble finishing so um, now, the second third of the year is usually a little bit about okay, well, guys coming in the lineup because the injuries start a little bit, and we're going through it. certainly the d um, you know hilly now uh, forwards have been pretty good for the most part, so a little bit of experimentation usually things get stale so you move so we're, we started that about a week ago so that's the part we're going through and that's why I think we'll we should be able to sustain it because we're a good team we've got good players good pros but we're mixing things up a little bit to give them some fresh looks up front so I think that's helped a couple of lines we've seen that recently um, so those two things should help us keep going um, I think our our guys know what it takes to win we have a clear picture of when it looks good we saw that the last two games uh, a little bit earlier in the year so that's the good news. Is not they, they know what it looks like. So now it's up to, to go out and execute it. So for us to answer your question, if they're willing to play that way, then I think we'll have success. Just because that's historically what we've done for the last hundred and some games. Of March.
0: So
2: it was up like a yeah, you know we're building, and you're seeing different kills this year. It's, it used to be a box in the D zone. Now it's almost a diamond. everything's shifted. So I'd say at least half the teams are playing that. Uh, allows for a little more. You have to move a little bit more and isolate the guy up top or the D down low. So uh, we're trying to implement different things down low for our power play. I think the guys are buying into it um, and going through the checklist, and we're, we're hitting them better than we did probably last year. I think we forced more plays last year. We're more predictable last year. This year we're, we're going through it in our mind, and guys are getting to their spots and sports. So I find everybody's moving. We moved Jack to his forehand. He may end up back on the other side. Marshy there, they're both righties like our look now obviously we missed Theo up top but uh, Petro's doing a good job so I think both units are they look, they look better in practice too right so that's just translating to games like last year there were some practices I don't know if we scored for a week you know and it'd be like you know today we get you know the second group down there is they're hitting all their low plays and making the ones that are there they're going to be there tonight so I think they're building some confidence maybe continuity's helped too I'll say this last year i probably moved more people around uh, see where the best fits were. And this year, we, you know, we're a year farther along, so it should be a little bit more predictable to me, what, what, what guys, where their best spots are. Do you like the three right-handed sticks through the middle? Well, that's one of the reasons we moved Stony into the bumper. It, it reminds me of um, Winnipeg years ago, had Line A, Shifley, and Wheeler, and I thought they were as dangerous as any power play. Um, using the bumper and the seam, as long as their spacing was good, one guy can't cover both, so it made it tough on the net front D. Um... And I like that. We have Carly. We're using Carly a little more now because he was—he went in there and Stevie was out of the lineup and he seemed to have, have good chemistry. Stevie's, I think, better on the other group handling pucks in the elbow anyway, so I think it's worked out well for both groups. Um, but yes, I do like the three righties in, in our case. <clears throat> you like to get both groups? Some the first group was out there and for a long time, just for circumstances. you like to have
0: both groups out there?
2: Well, I, I listen. They're the first group for a reason. I think they're 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 the group that should have more success, all things being equal. I think, for the most part, this year, Gary, I don't think they've overstayed because of um, lack of success, and they just want to. You know, it's because they've been in the ozone. I think our ozone time is up considerably from last year. We're we're, we're not forcing as many plays. We're supporting better, um, so that's one of the reasons they've stayed. It's it's not that taxing on you when you're moving the puck around in the power play and not breaking it out, coming back, breaking it out. Like so I think they do have the juice to stay a little longer. Is it I, is it better to have both units out there competing against each other a little more equally? Yeah, I think so. It's better for the second group, but I can't complain if the first group's out, you know, in the ozone, right? We're just I think you know, we've done a, a better job, I just haven't finished quite as well, better than last year, but not quite as well as maybe the time spent in there. test will tell you that. Jack's one of the best in the NHL at at zone entry. uses his speed and gains that offensive movement really well. Is there numbers that support that? We are one of the three teams um, for different reasons. So but just getting puck and Jack has a lot to do with that. But we probably rim out a little more than other teams the way you notice teams, when you enter the zone, they bring three guys to the puck side. So you can rim to the weak side and two-on-one that guy a little bit. And I think we've done that maybe more than some teams would. I think Toronto's always been one of the better entry teams because of Marner and Matthews, been together so long. But they are predominantly 99% of delay, right? And then they rely on those two. Uh, we've mixed it up. Maybe because we've moved the guy over from Jack, whether it's Carly or Stevie, whoever, that other guy coming with him has changed a little bit. So, But yes, Jack's very good at it. I think Carly's good at it. Uh, Stevie when he's flying and he's a tough guy to defend the blue, you know, the blue line so we do have the speed back there with those guys to pick their way through um, I liked our goal the other night we've worked on that for a long time it really helped us against Florida last year in the playoffs we scored some power play entry goals because of their aggressiveness aggressiveness when we went in one side and changed, changed sides in the entry about halfway down the wall with teams that want to kill plays there and it happened last night Marshy happened to score this time we've had some good looks on that um, that's a lot to do with Jack's speed and them wanting to chase the puck out of his hands. And you got St. Louis you, well, it's easier for coaches, I'll tell you that. Like, we're not having to watch it, especially four games this week. Now, we've seen Dallas a couple times in San Jose, so now we're getting a little bit of we haven't seen St. Louis, so to go right back against them. I, I've, I've always enjoyed that just for the, the rivalry part of it, right? Like, so whatever happens tonight, one of the teams is going to be angry the next game, and that can make for a better game. A problem with those back, like when you play the same team twice, if it happens to be your division rival, and you have some guys out that are injured, you're losing them for both games, and that can sort of weaken your lineup one way or the other, and it doesn't become a, tr- a true test. And um, those four, so so-called four-point games. So that's the negative of it. What's <clears> the latest on Aiden Hill? Aiden uh, Hill didn't practice today. I don't believe he'll join us on the road trip. Um, that could change, but we leave tomorrow, and. Without him being on the ice, I'm not sure that we have the practice time there to, to get him what he needs. If, if he was going to go, so I'll I'll get an update. But that that's that's my feeling. Do you
0: feel like might get money
2: well, if Aiden's not ready, we have four games this week. Yes, I got It's a lot to ask of Logan. I'm not going to get that far ahead because. But all things being well, Logan playing four games in one week and traveling like that, I don't think is is good for any goaltender to be honest with you. Uh, I don't believe he's traveling either. He didn't skate today, so um, if he's on the ice tomorrow morning and feels like, you know, there's a chance, then maybe, but right now I don't see it. And Theo's out as well. You have a
0: question. Uh,
2: just to go back to the dad's terms, you're 7-0-1. The organization 7-0-1 okay, when the dads are in the building. Uh, do you have a theory on why... The team is so good with the dads around? Well, my guess here is that this is a close knit group to begin with. My guess is the dads are as well, and, and they are, the dads will become close knit, and because the players are, I think that'll go hand in hand, would, would be my guess why. And, and um, the second part, a little bit of, it is you know, everybody wants to play well in front of their you know, their dads. So obviously the, our guys have been able to do that and get wins. I only saw last year's, and we were clear winners in both those games. We didn't fluke our way through either one in Nashville or Minnesota. So um, other than that, I don't have a great reason for what happened previously. But I, I know that I'm going to guess overall in the league. I bet the numbers are pretty good, huh? Wouldn't you think? For, for dads, I wonder if anybody could zip through that eight eight dan dan do a little homework assignment dan for the road trip find out what it is because my guess is it would be it would be pretty good um just because that's guy players just never want to sort of see, let them down you're not letting them down but disappoint you always want to play well for your for your parents so uh, my guess is it'd be pretty good all around
1: how about bruce cassidy calling for some homework i'm glad he didn't I wouldn't want to be called on for that. that. That'd be a lot of digging, I think, to find the overall league record yeah, there. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm sure there's some athletic out there that would take care of it I'm morning. sure,
1: I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, so he made the comment there that not expecting Aiden Hill to travel, not expecting Alec Martinez to travel, uh, it's no surprise that Shea Theodore is on that no-travel list as well. What could it do for Logan Thompson? I mean, this is where the, the tandem method really pays off.
0: Yeah, for sure, uh, you know, and – the time of the year there's no sense yeah rushing anyone back uh at this point of the year it's not it's not uh may or june right now so um you know that's why you have two good go every, every league has goalies that can play in this league for a reason and um you know a 1a 1b they're both been playing great all year um you know it just it'll up his confidence and then uh you know that that friendly competition inside the locker room, you know, when Aiden gets back, he's okay. I gotta, yeah. I gotta get back there. So they're, internal competition, which is better for the team because both goalies know they gotta go in and and perform, or else the other goalie's gonna go in. So and, and you've gotten that all year. They've they've been phenomenal all year. I don't know if there's been many games that you can say oh, our goaltending let us down tonight, uh, if any. Yeah, this year.
1: Kept them in them. a lot of get, The team defense and the goaltending yeah. combined really kept them in uh, a lot of games when the offense was slumping. Uh, Logan made the comment after the game in Washington against Washington, not in Washington, um, that he was feeling better after just getting more starts in a short period of time. Tonight he'll have consecutive starts. How much did you pick up on goalies getting better and more comfortable when they were getting more starts?
2: Yeah, I think
0: for a player you're playing every night and the more confident you are the better you play and I'm sure it's the same as for goalies especially when the goalie's feeling it he's feeling really good and and it's, he's playing well they're going to just continue to ride that and um obviously you've seen uh Bruce said that even four games it's a lot for a goalie so you don't want to outdo it by you know that's when injuries start creeping in is when they're they're getting too too many reps and travel Mm -hmm. and all that if you're at home maybe it's a little different but um you know you have the whole system you know patera comes up he's been playing great down there too so you have good goaltending in the system and um you know the confidence for logan he knows it's it's in his shoes now to to perform and you know both goalies have been great so far and
1: there's that back-to-back situation on saturday and sunday So you assume if Hill is not back, maybe that's when Patera gets in. But Patera, his first start of his NHL career was in St. Louis last year, and he won. So that was toward the end of the year. So anyways, uh, you know, he's probably at least really excited to be on the, even if he's backing up, whatever it might be. Good memories uh, brought back for him. Uh, We're going to take a final break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some big news around the league. Also talk just a little bit more about this head-to-head matchup with the St. Louis Blues, because there have been some good games between these two teams. So stick around, and we'll be right back
0: we're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the vegas golden knights fox sports las
2: vegas
1: welcome back to nighttime at noon with ashley vice and Derek england Derek, we're gonna go around the league the biggest news over the last week has been patrick kane signing with the Detroit red wings we were talking a little bit about this before the show started but what was your initial reaction to that being where he landed
0: yeah i was a little shocked um i didn't i never know but i didn't pitcher Detroit yeah they got some really good young talent coming up and they're right there I guess maybe the Brinkett being there helps because they had a lot of chemistry yeah. in Chicago um, but I was I, w- I was shocked I, I thought because they're kind of you know the playoff pitcher right now mm-hmm. uh, I think they're in right now but um, you thought like Dallas Boston I, I figured out East I was guessing um, but yeah a little Florida you know another spot. Uh, but, yeah, Detroit kind of shocked me a little bit.
1: And then Nikita, Nikita Zadorov traded to the Canucks. I think that happened the day that we were there. After yeah. after seeing that Vancouver team, they have exceeded expectations big time. What does adding a big body like that do for their blue line, and how does that change yeah, I their think team?
0: Yeah, it, it gives them a little bit more bite on the back end. Um, you know, the physical games, um, penalty kill blocking shots um you know he's a guy that uh, when you play against you got to know when he's on the ice because he likes to step up and throw some big hits so um you know oppositions offensive guys are gonna have to have their head on a swivel when he's out there
1: you mentioned the word physical these are not physical defensemen that i'm about to name but matt in terms of tonight's matchup. Three of the top five hitters in the league this year are actually Keegan Colasar, Paul Cotter, and Sammy Blay of St. Louis. Do you expect a physical game if you have three guys with those numbers?
0: You would think, but Va- Vancouver was yeah. second, we were third, and I didn't think it was. I thought it was going to be much more physical. Yeah. Um. I guess it just depends if if there's a lot. They're all forwards. They get a lot of their hits on four checks. So yeah. If it's a lot of back and forth, dumping, chasing. And I think it'll be a very physical, but if if it's a lot of zone time holding on to pucks, maybe, you know, that's when I felt as a D man, you got a lot of your hits when you're in your defensive zone a lot. But if vice versa, if you're standing on the blue line, you're not getting hits as a D man. So um, I think if it's a four checking game, uh, getting pucks deep, there, there could be a lot of hits tonight.
1: And St. Louis, uh, like we said, they've been pretty inconsistent this season, uh, but. Someone asked Bruce Cassidy about just the home-and-home home situation and if that can add to the physicality, if that can add to the rivalry aspect of it. Do you think that it can or is two games not really enough to make a difference there?
0: Um, no, it's not I, a team that's necessarily I, I, chasing. I think it definitely can make a difference. Um, you know, Knowing that you're going to play the team back-to-back um, as a forward, I think you're dumping in every time you can. You're finishing Petro. Uh, he logs a lot of minutes power play penalty kill even strength so you want to make it hard on him because you're playing him two nights later um you know kind of wear him down type thing same thing as in playoffs you want to wear the team down and um if you're playing them back to back you're going to definitely want to every time it doesn't have to be a huge hit or anything but bump him make it hard and vice versa you're going to want to do the same to their d the guys that uh, are logging lots of minutes over there you want to make it t- tough on them make them go through you um you know, a little bump here and there, doesn't even have to be big, that, uh, you know, wears guys down slowly. And, you know, over the course of two games, hopefully it pays, pays dividends. Set the tone. Set the tone. Yeah, that's a good good, good way to say it. That's the goal. All yeah. right.
1: Um, on an individual level, um, is there anyone who you are keeping an eye on uh, tonight or really just through this next stretch? It's a bunch of Western Conference teams in a in a short time period i know there's still a few guys we've talked about guys that have broken through there's still a few guys in drought chandler stevenson is one of them although bruce cassidy really likes the way his game has progressed is there anyone you feel just you know is ready to take that next step
0: well i'm excited to see eichel see if he can keep this three points uh, a night uh, going um you know obviously it's harder Three points every any, every night is, is a tough thing to do, but uh, they look like they're clicking. I'm excited to see how that line keeps progressing, and, um, and on top of that, yeah, that's the most thing I'm looking forward to. I think that top line, just seeing how that chemistry keeps developing.
1: If anyone can do it, I think Jack Eichel would be up there on the possibilities, right?
0: Definitely. Uh, it would be a safe bet if you're a yeah. winning person, for sure, uh, You know the, the skill that those guys have, those top guys.
1: What has surprised you the most about Jack Eichel's game? I know Bruce Cassidy talks about how he's much more of a 200-foot player yeah. than people realize, but is there any specific thing about him that stands out?
0: I think his 200-foot game for sure is, yeah. um, you know, a lot of time the, the young guys, when, when he's in Buffalo, you know, you knew about his offensive side and, and you had to really take time and space away from him in the defensive zone. Um But the way he back checks and and supports the puck defensively leads to his offense, and he's doing such a good job under Bruce. uh, They've really got him, you know, you put him, Carlson, everyone knew that, uh, you know, he's that 200-foot player, but Jack's very close to that same thing now where, you know, you can put him out defensive draws and and at key times in games and know that, uh, you know, the puck's coming out and he's going to be, On the defensive side, he's not cheating, uh, anything like that. He's playing very responsible. So uh, I think his 200-foot game's developed into, you know, up there in the top of the league.
1: You talk about being excited about continuing to watch that line. I guess we've talked about them offensively a lot, but that's got to be an extremely difficult line to play against between Jack Eichel's 200-foot game, Mark Stone, who can strip you of the puck at any moment, and Ivan Barbashev, who can be really, really physical when he wants to be.
0: Yeah, no, it's a good good combination. Uh, You know, Stone, he probably, you know, he might not be the the best skater out there but he's always in the right spot uh, his stick is so good it's uh, you know he, he he uh he talked to his dad on the father's trip and he was telling all about his lacrosse days uh, yeah back in manitoba that he, you know he was really good at lacrosse and his hand eye and and his stick positioning is so good um, so yeah and then barbachev you throw his physicality in there the way he goes to the net you know i think it's a little bit contagious you see him going there it brings those other two there and uh, you seen their two goals against Vancouver. They're within five feet of the net, both goals. So, um, you know, they complement each other very well.
1: Did you play other sports besides hockey?
0: I played a lot. Of, well, back in my hometown, I, the rink was only ice for six months. So you played <laughs> hockey during the winter, and baseball, soccer, lacrosse, whatever you could find.
1: Is there one game in particular that you think translated most to helping your hockey game?
0: I probably didn't get too much into it. Yeah. and I was kind of all over and it was when I was much younger but I think every every sport translates you, you know, you play baseball your hand-eye, coordination yeah. um, lacrosse, same thing uh, soccer, your footwork you know, I think every you know, you train for one sport but you're, even in the weight room you're training for the, the same stuff you're, you're training for speed and strength and a- agility doesn't matter what sport you're playing so uh, you train very similar in the gym and I think each sport complements another in some sort of way.
1: Did you enjoy that part of it? The gym training part of it? It's A lot of it's fascinating.
0: Yeah, I, I love working out. I still try to work out uh, as much as I can. So I, I enjoy working out and trying to compete uh, however I can. It brings that competition into it in my workouts a little bit.
1: What was your warm-up routine like? And the reason I ask is because I'll see guys in the hallway, and the warm-up would be my workout for... Probably a couple of days.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, it it went from man, I I didn't do a whole lot when I was really young. Yeah, it, it's progressed, and everyone, you, you know, before it was ride a bike and stretch and and that, and now guys are doing legitimate workouts. You yeah, know, d- deadlifting and stuff, getting their muscles firing up, and just like every every sport and everything, it's it's developing, and and guys are you know finding different ways to get going. You know you. If you go back 15 years, and you said, "Go do some squats before getting," oh, my legs are getting tired. But no, it's really waking them up, getting them firing. So um, it, it's fun to see.
1: It is. Do you feel like guys have to be more athletic today than maybe they did before, or is it just different?
0: I think it's. I think it's another level. Okay. Of training and being right, like everyone is almost. You don't have to do testing anymore. Everyone comes in shape. Yeah. For the majority, or you can see them. They didn't come in. Prepared, but yeah. It's, uh, it's it's hard to see how how you know, crazy explosive
1: uh, are. Yeah. Well, the Golden Knights got a lot of credit for that coming into this season. The team was very coaching staff management very happy with the way the team came in uh, in such good shape. I think it's a big part of this big start, and they will look to continue that strong start against the St. Louis Blues tonight. Also starting at four o'clock at T-Mobile Arena, the NHL. Mobile History Museum with an exhibit on Zach White Cloud. So check that out. And the puck drops at 7 o'clock against the St. Louis Blues. Thanks, Derek. Thank you. See you next time.